stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick, and this week I'm joined by Zach's Director of ETF Research, Nina Mishra, who is here to discuss this hot topic of 2024. Should you just buy the Magnificent Seven stocks? They are on a tear. Several of them are hitting new all-time highs, and they seem to be leading the entire stock market. So why not just throw caution to the wind and just buy the Mag Seven? So, of course, I had to tap Nina to inquire about whether or not there was a Magnificent 7 ETF. I knew there probably had to be, and sure enough, there is one. But we're also going to to discuss how to get MAG-7 exposure through other ETFs, like even basic ones like the QQQ, the Invesco QQQ. It's been around forever. Can, Can that just be your Magnificent 7 plus a few other companies thrown in? Uh, but welcome, Nina. This is a, an important topic this year. Hi, Tracy. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, this is this has been so interesting because last year, all these companies, the Magnificent Seven, surged. Uh, so they posted an average gain of more than 100%, and they were responsible, the Magnificent, Magnificent Seven, for, were responsible for about more than 62% of the S&P 500s total return last year. And if you remove these companies, then the S&P 500 return was just about 10%. So last year and this year as well, so many experts have been talking about uh, this risk of overconcentration. The, that, that these indexes have become so top heavy. Um, so, Max Seven account for almost 28, 29 percent of the S and P 500 index, 40 percent of. Uh, the Nasdaq 100 index. And in fact, last year, the Nasdaq 100 index had to undergo a special rebalance that was only the second time in its history because the weight of these top stocks exceeded uh, the the limits set by the index rules. Uh, So, uh, People were talking about the possible broadening of the rally. So last year, uh, the equal weighted S&P 500 uh, ETF, that is symbol as RSP, that had taken in almost $13 billion. It was one of the top 10 asset ETF asset gainers of 2023. But if you look at the performance this year too, you uh, I mean, these companies, the Max 7 continue to do well. NVIDIA is up almost like 25% this year. And uh, RSP is actually down for the year. It's down about 2% this morning. I looked at the performance. So QQQ is up about uh, 3% year to date. Uh, and that's mainly because of the very rough first week. And RSP is down this year. And this year, it's not getting so much love from investors and flows have come down actually. But yes, uh, having exposure to these stocks has become so important for investors. It's just surprising. Yeah, it seems like why why fight it? Why not just own these seven and and kind of be done with it? Because 
you know, at any given time, at least one, if not more, are seemingly breaking out. So your odds are pretty good. They are the largest companies in the world. They they do have growth still going on. Um, so yeah, like I feel like why not just cut to the chase, <laughs> like forget everything else and just own these seven. So what is the ETF that just owns the seven? Because I am kind of intrigued by it. Yeah, so it is the Magnificent 7 ETF. The ticker symbol is MAX, M-A-G-S. It is by Roundhill. And in fact, uh, this ETF had launched as a big tech ETF. So the big tech ETF, the ticker symbol was Big T then. And uh, Roundhill has a suite of these big ETFs providing, uh, which provide very concentrated uh, exposure to just the top, the, the biggest stock in a particular sector. Uh, so Big T provided exposure to five largest stocks, uh, technology stocks. And at that time, it excluded uh, NVIDIA and Tesla. So obviously, investors wanted something which included NVIDIA and Tesla as well, because those two stocks were doing so well last year. So in November, they changed the index and they changed the ticker as well. So now it is um, the Magnificent Sevens uh, ETF, MAX, and uh, obviously it's been doing so well. So if you want to take a look at the CTF, uh, let's uh, go to the code page on zax.com. So Max is the Roundhill Magnificent 7 ETF. So these, uh, you look at the holdings, you will see that these top holdings, you get equal weighted exposure to these seven holdings. So you, you see that uh, at this uh, point of time, they, the weights are slightly different because at the time of rebalancing, they will be made equal. Uh, all will get equal weights, but NVIDIA has been outperforming and Tesla has been underperforming. So we see that uh, as of now, you get a lot of exposure to NVIDIA and uh, Tesla is the smallest. Yeah, for those who are listening, NVIDIA is at 16.7% right now because they do only rebalance every quarter. So you have to, we have to wait to the end of this quarter for this to be rebalanced. And then Tesla, which Nina just talked about underperforming recently, is uh, only 11.3%. So just FYI. Okay. Um, so yeah, this rebalances every quarter. What, what kind of fees do I have to pay for this? Is this cheap? Uh, so the expense ratio is 29 basis points, uh, which is reasonable for, uh, for, uh, an ETF, which kind of provides a niche exposure. Uh, but if you want to own just six or seven stocks, Maybe just buy those stocks, right? How right. I use an ETF right. because one of the one of the biggest benefits of owning an ETF is the diversification benefits. You get a diversified exposure to a basket of stocks. Uh, so if you want to own the Magnificent Seven and some more, uh, then maybe just look at QQQM, which is one of my favorite ETFs. Uh, owning all the growth stocks. So QQQM, uh, we have talked about that earlier 
2. Uh, so that is the cheaper version of the Invesco QQQ ETF. So the difference is that the QQQ uh, charges uh, 20 basis points and QQQM charges 15 basis points. So about you get about 40% exposure, uh, sorry, 40% of the portfolio is in the magnificent seven stocks and then you get other stocks in the portfolio. Right. Um, I was taking a look at the top 10. They do have num at number five, Broadcom is in there at 4.4% of the portfolio. And then number 10 is Costco at 2.37. And then the rest of it in the top 10 is the Magnificent Seven. They always have uh, separated out alphabet into both the A shares and the C shares. So they take up two of the slots. Otherwise, it's all the seven is in there. Um, and Apple still the largest holding, even with Microsoft surging recently. But maybe that you know will flip around. We'll see. But Apple nine point zero one percent, and Microsoft at eight point eight one percent now. Um, okay, so what I was struck by recently was you know we get this feeling that like oh it's all growth stocks. You know, it's just being led by the MAG-7, but the rest of the growth stocks are doing well too. But but are they? I don't know. It, it seems like if you get beyond even just large tech, uh, if you go to mid-cap tech or, heaven forbid, small-cap tech, it's a lot more of a rocky story. And if you don't own these seven it's just simply not looking that great. And you and I have talked about Kathy Wood and ARK-K, her ARK Innovation ETF, many times on this podcast. And I like to go back and kind of see like what's happening with it. Like every six months, I'll take a look. And with the growth stocks surging last year, um, having a rebound, I thought, you know, ARK-K must have had a rebound too, and it has, but it's not anywhere close to you know, all-time highs or breaking out like, you know, QQQ has been doing, um, S&P 500 indexes at new all-time highs. And you can really see the difference if you don't own a bunch of the MAG-7s in a portfolio because uh, she always owned Tesla. That was her big winner for the years of the pandemic until it sold off, basically. And Tesla has not regained its all-time highs like some of the other MAG-7s. And it's her second largest position. She does have that other big position in Coinbase. Uh, that's the number one position now. And Coinbase, I looked that one up. I knew it was doing well because of the Bitcoin ETFs. And it was up 75.8% um, over the last three months. But over the last month now, it's pulled way back down almost 30% because... The ETFs are launching, and now I guess the hype is kind of over, so people are getting out of that trade. So that's hurting her. You know, the Tesla, it's not doing as well um, over the last month, too. That one's down 16%. So she's had a bit of a pullback in, in ARK-K over the last month or so. And so over the last five years, it's up only like 10.5%. Versus, you know, it's like triple figures for um, the QQQ ETF is up 155.3 over the last five years. 
So Yeah, so RK did pretty well last year uh, because Coinbase surged in anticipation of the launch of Bitcoin ETFs and Coinbase uh, is serving as the custodian for most of these ETFs. So uh, in anticipation of the launch, the stock surged last year, but this year uh, it has been sell the news event uh, after the launch of ETF. So Bitcoin has come down substantially since the launch. I think Bitcoin is down more than 20% uh, since the launch of Bitcoin ETFs. And in fact, many experts had been warning about that it's going, it has gone up so much uh, last year in anticipation that it is going to be a sell the news event. So that hurt Coinbase and also uh, these Bitcoin ETFs are so cheap, uh, so you get uh, exposure to Bitcoin at a few basis points expense ratio. And many of these ETFs have waived their fee for the first six months or till they gather a certain amount of assets like 1 billion or 6 billion in, in AUM. So it has become so much cheaper to get exposure to the asset class. So that is going to hurt Coinbase's revenue because if you trade on Coinbase, probably one trade of Bitcoin buying and selling maybe costing you 3% or something like that. So it is going to hurt Coinbase's revenue. And of course the Bitcoin hype is over now. So could Coinbase has come down substantially. And as you mentioned, Tesla has also, uh, been underperforming this year. So Cathy hasn't done well. And uh, investors, in fact, gave up on ARK and other ARK family ETFs long time back because they lost so much money in 2022. Uh, so last year, even though they did very well, uh, her funds saw outflows and and that is this. We are seeing the same trend this year as well. RK and other ETFs have been losing money, and they are pretty. They are all pretty expensive too. Yeah, and the expense ratio on RK is 075 percent, so it's pretty high expense ratio. And um, I also noticed one other thing. She's only holding 35 stocks in there right now, which is at the lowest end of the range. She said that the fund will hold like 35 to 55. So um, I, I just thought that was interesting that she's on the, the lower side. So it's a little more concentrated. I looked at the top seven stocks that she holds that would be like equivalent to like a mag seven type of scenario. And it is almost 50% of the total ARK K's in those top seven holdings. But other than Tesla, none of the others are magnificent sevens. And so um, we'll see, we'll see how it turns out. If you, if you diss out of the magnificent seven and you only have one of them or something, you, you have to guess right. And right now Tesla isn't the right, the right one to be in right yes. now. So she used to own Nvidia and she sold Nvidia at a wrong time. So many investors were very unhappy with that when Nvidia surged. And what surprised me that she continued to justify her selling action and said that Nvidia had become too expensive and all that. And Nvidia's analysts, top analysts and all, they continue to point out that Nvidia has actually become more attractive in terms of valuation because 
earnings est earnings and earnings estimates have gone up so much for that stock so even though it surged like 240% last year the valuation became more attractive so not trying not telling that one should buy nvidia but i was a little surprised by her justification of selling nvidia yeah now i did want to take a look at um the next generation growth stocks because uh i saw that invesco launched that etf a couple of years ago and it was it's supposed to be the 101st to 200th largest companies in the nasdaq and so that would exclude the mag 7 so you're not owning any of those and just taking a look at it cuz one of my friends actually owns it and was asking me about it so i took a look and i'm like well you know what's going on with this one oh it doesn't own the mag 7 but it does own these great growth stocks so i took a look at what's in it it does have 105 holdings but these are like well known mid caps almost some of them are almost large caps um, like Tractor Supply, Ulta, uh, Zoom Video, which is in Kathy's fund and one of the top seven holdings, Enphase Energy. Like these are all companies we kind of know. Like you can see there's eBay on there, VeriSign. So these are like growth, growth, good growth names. And some of them are trading near their highs right now too. But none of them are 9% of the fund. So it's having troubles performing. I, I looked up the one year, it's only up like 3.5% over the last year, which is like massively underperforming the S&P 500 or, you know, the QQQ version of it with the, the bigger companies. So what is going on with a, a you know, an ETF like this? It, it's trying to cash in on the growth kind of mania that's going on out there for growth stocks. I would think something like this would be attractive though. Right. Uh, so this ETF uh, was launched by Invesco in October of 2020. And at that time, Cathy's funds were on fire uh, because they got that big post-pandemic boom, the likes of Roku and Zoom video and all that. And her her ETFs were gathering like millions in a month. So uh, we saw many other ETFs uh, launched which, uh, which focused on these disruptive technology companies. And so this uh, Invesco fund, this holds, as you mentioned, 101 to the, the next 100 uh, stocks after the Invesco 100 uh, index, uh, sorry, the NASDAQ 100 index. So these are the companies which are waiting to be promoted to be included in the QQQ uh, QQQ's index. So if you look at the, if you go to Invesco webpage and you look at uh, the fund characteristics, so the average uh, market cap is actually $18 billion. So, so these are all, uh, you know, all, many of the, them are, yeah, large, large companies. Uh, but, um, you know, uh, and some of them have done so well, like super microcomputer is up almost 500% uh, over the past year or so. Uh, 
but uh, the weight is so small. So this ETF follows kind of a mix of uh, market cap and equal weighted uh, weighting scheme. They, they combine those two. So that is why you don't see a lot of weight in any of the particular holdings. And then again, some of them have underperformed. Uh, so these also include some ADRs, the Chinese ADRs, which we all know have underperformed massively. And they also include some of the companies which may not be having a profit, positive earnings, because we know that for it being included, to be eligible to be included in the S&P 500 index, a company has to have at least four quarters of positive earnings, right? Uh, but in, to be included in the NASDAQ index, they just require uh, uh, some market capitalization, some liquidity, and I think three months of trading. Uh, so the, uh, the ETF does include some loss-making companies too, and it was very tough for these growthier companies which were not making profits last year when interest rates were rising so that is the main reason why the etf in general hasn't done well and uh, as i mentioned uh, there were other etfs also that launched around the same time there is one by direction it is called the direction moonshot etf the ticker symbol is moon there so that also did pretty well at that time got the post pandemic boost and then last 2022 was a terrible year for that etf as well but this is very attractively priced. Uh, QQQJ uh, charges just 15 basis points. Uh, so if you want, if you believe in owning these growthier, disruptive companies in addition to your Max 7 and other mega cap companies, then maybe you can take a look at the CTF much cheaper than the RK ETF and you get more diversification as well. Right, right. That's a good point. It is kind of like an ARC alternative in a, in a strange way. Um, and it, for those who don't want to own the MAG-7, that is a good alternative. <laughs> like that's, that's one that's not owning them. So, but you still get the growth names, which is what a lot of investors do want right now. Um, so is there any other ETFs that I'm not thinking of that you know, have the big exposure. I feel like QQQ um, is is the place to be. Yeah, uh, QQQ or QQQM are, uh, uh, are the ones that I recommend if you want to get exposure to a lot of exposure to the max seven. There are other ETFs too. Uh, for example, the Vanguard Mega Cap Growth ETF, the ticker symbol is MGK. So you get a lot of exposure to the max seven and the expense ratio is just seven basis points, right? So ultra cheap way of getting exposure to the growthiest stocks in the world, which, which are the max seven. Uh, yeah, we know a lot of people like those Vanguard ETFs for those low expense ratios. Right, the expense ratios are so low. So when we discuss these um, stocks and uh, their concentration in the indexes, uh, sometimes I feel that uh, each of these companies is actually made up of four or five companies. Just for example, take Microsoft. Microsoft is a software company. It is a cloud company computing company, it is an AI company, it is a gaming company, it is a cybersecurity company, same with Amazon too. So, uh, and 
they are profit machines they they are making so much money valuations like we talked about nvidia's valuation for other companies too the valuations do not look insane because earnings and earnings estimates went up so much um, in recent years so there is a case for owning uh, ETFs which are super concentrated in these stocks if you have some risk tolerance if you are particularly if you, you are a longer term investors investor then maybe owning these kind of ETFs make a lot of, makes a lot of sense and uh, uh, owning them in an ultra cheap ETF like MGK or like QQQM also makes a lot of sense. Yeah, just looking at what's in the mega cap growth ETF, this Vanguard one and the MGK, then Apple is 14, almost 15%, and so is Microsoft, 14.5%. So just with those two combined, you're almost at 30% of this fund. So you're going to live by the sword and die by the sword, right, with this one? Like, as long as Apple and Microsoft keep hitting those new highs, you're, you're loving it. You're loving this ETF. But when they don't, or if they don't, um, it's going to be pretty volatile and a, and a much more wilder ride when those two uh, tank. At least on some of these other ones, it's under 10%. For some of the mag sevens up at you know concentrated at the top, but these two, it's thirty percent just in those two stocks. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yes. so, so you should be aware of the kind of exposure that you are getting, and even most investors they they own the S and P five hundred ETFs or S and P five hundred index funds in their core portfolios and in the S&P 500 funds too, you're getting almost th almost 30% exposure to the max seven now. So that is something investors should remember. Okay. Well, this is some good ideas. Um, I know everybody wants to own them and sometimes they don't want to own the individual stocks because, you know, they don't have as much cash to put into each one or it'll take them a couple of years in order to buy each position. So they'd rather just own, you know, a basket of them um, and then maybe even a basket of them plus some more growth stocks if you're buying like a QQQ or kind of thing. So yeah, this is, um, it's been eye-opening so far in 2024 to look and see how much it's really driving the returns right now. And we'll see. We'll see if it can continue to do so for the rest of this year. We we all basically own these. <laughs> if you own the S&P 500, you yes. own them. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. so we're all in it together. Mm -hmm. and, and we'll see where this goes. Okay, let me recap some of the uh, tickers we mentioned today. The, on the ETF side, there was the Round Hill MAG7 ETF. So if you want to just own the seven stocks, you can buy that one. And it's ticker M-A-G-S. M is in Mary, A is in Andrew, G is in George, S is in Sam. Then Nina's top pick is the QQQ, the Invesco QQQ. But she likes the QQQM, as in Mary, which is a little bit cheaper. It's just 0.15% on the expense ratio. And if you're buying these to own for a long time, you want to keep the expense ratio as low as possible. So it's QQQM. Then we talked about the um, next generation growth stocks, which does not include the MAG7. And that one is QQQJ, as in junior, QQQJ. 
And then she mentioned the Moonshot ETF, which is just Moon, M-O-O-N, and the Vanguard mega cap that we were just talking about. That's 30% of Apple and um, Microsoft, or almost 30%. And that one is M as in Mary, G as in George, K as in Kathy. And then we did mention, obviously, all the stocks in the MAG-7. I'm not going to go through all the tickers because you already know them. But we also mentioned Tractor Supply. It's ticker TSCO. Ulta Beauty is ULTA. Um, she mentioned SMCI as well because that's been doing well. Zoom Video is ZM. And Coinbase, Kathy's largest uh Position in the ARC K is C O I N. Oh, and I forgot the ARC K on the ETFs, and that is A as in Andrew, R as in Robert, K as in Kathy, K as in Kathy. Although Kathy would, it's a C. <laughs> Don't get confused. Um, but it's ARC K A R K K for that one. And we'll see where all this goes. So you don't want to miss a single episode of the market edge because we're bringing you stock and ETF ideas every week. And this week was the obvious one on the mag seven, but it's always good to look at the obvious as we're looking at the stock market. And so be sure to subscribe, get us on Apple. We're on Apple podcasts, get us on Spotify. You can get us on Amazon music. You can watch this this podcast on YouTube. Go to zax.com slash YouTube to get all of our videos over there, but the video podcasts are on our main YouTube page. So check out uh, the video portion or get us somewhere, and I'll see you again next week with some more stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.